0: I'm just like, man, I can do this better. Like I, I, could, I could lead people better and there's no way that, that I should be sitting here and this guy should lead me. And that was one of my biggest things where I'm like, man, I'm gonna figure this out and I'm out. I'm just gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna create a place where people can thrive. I'm gonna create a place where people can, can just belong and still have that brotherhood. And uh, I left, just left not knowing anything. And uh, I started Patriot Construction in the, in the basement of my church.
1: What's going on, friends? I am here with my good buddy, JP Wilson of Patriot Construction out in Ohio. And we're gonna talk about his journey and in starting multiple construction companies. And uh really what I wanna dig into today is he's got a bigger purpose behind what he and his wife and his team are building at their company. So I wanna dig into that today and really, you know, just share that special uh aspect of their business with you guys. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to this. So here we go. What's what's going on, JP? Nothing, man. Good to see you again. Like Yeah, the- you too. Yeah. I hung out for a little bit in December. So uh yeah, JP and I Members of uh, of Revolt, and we were at the, the members only retreat out in Utah uh, just about a month, not even a month ago, and I got to hang out a lot there, and I I got to learn more of JP's story, and um, I was like, man, like you need to tell more people, like more people need to know about this. So that's when I reached out. I'm like, yeah, let's get on the Nailed It show after the New Year. Uh, this is the first one I'm recording in 2023, and. Uh, so so yeah well before we get into to, into the roofing and and your you know special purpose and and all that sort of thing what's your background man you've got an interesting background yeah man I uh I, so I started off out of high school man I was supposed to go to a,
0: a big college I was supposed to go to Ohio State for for football and I got kind of jipped out of that by by some some new coaches and everything and uh I had already told all these these other teams that I was going to Ohio State I had told Notre Dame and a bunch of other big schools that I was going to Ohio State and they uh when 10 days before the National Letter of Intent, uh, Ohio State pulled that offer. They said that they no, didn't okay. want to. Uh, yeah, so they said, they, they, they were like, man, we just don't think your grades are good enough. We want to kind of change. Um, I was in the same recruiting class as Andy Katzmore, which he plays for Green Bay now. But him and I did a lot of stuff together at Ohio State. And uh, so I ended up going to a smaller school playing ball, and I got into trouble, got kicked out of that school, had some behavioral issues. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I left that school and went to the military, man, and I, uh, I just – I fell in love with the military. I, I was able to make rank fast and uh, just enjoyed it, man. Just had a great time, like, you know, service our country. I got to go to Kuwait, Qatar, got to go to Egypt. I was in uh, Scotland for a little bit, you know, so I got to go to a lot of different places that I would have never gone. I spent a bunch of time here in, in the United States. I was in a combat arms unit, so I was always, like, training. So I spent a lot of time in the desert training and met a lot of good guys, man, like good friends and friends. Um, I Left there and just ended up lost, man. Just, uh, just nothing bad. Didn't get. I was never addicted to drugs or never like alcohol was never my vice. I just, just never really had a direction. And um, I was bouncing at a bunch of clubs. I worked at a bunch of strip clubs, and it was just the one vice I did. I, I love the fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love the fight. And I actually, uh, I actually joined an MMA gym because I fought a guy at at the club. And he came back and was just like, "Dude, you got to come train with us." So I went and started training with a man. And uh, I did ten like amateur fights. I won all those, and I turned pro. And then I, I had ten pro fights and undefeated. I had met my wife through that, and uh, my wife was just pretty much like she was a personal trainer, and she uh, she took an ad out in one of the uh, the events. And she, when we got serious, she was like, "You know, you're gonna have to figure out whether you want to be a firefighter or whether you want to be a fighter." And uh, so I had to pick a career. So uh, the responsible thing, man, I picked a, a firefighter position, and I uh, walked away from fighting. I wasn't like you know I fought on some undercards at UFC, and I was like famous in little little bitty small circles. I mean like probably smaller than that, but uh, <laughs> I mean like if I went to a fight, I, I fought out you know in Oklahoma a couple of times at some casinos, and like I would sign little autographs for the little kids. And oh wow, I had a few little a few shots. Like I fought in, uh, King of the Cage and Bellator, so um, I just. You know, I just never had that skyrocket, the stardom that I wanted. So uh, it wasn't bad to walk away. I walked away, became a fireman, man, and uh, spent 15 years as a fireman and uh, full time. And then my wife was already a firefighter paramedic. And so we uh, we had a unique marriage, man. We got married and like she would be gone for 24 hours. I would be gone for the next 24 hours and then we would be together for the last day. And then we would start over.
1: So. It's pretty how'd that pretty I mean, so, some people might like that style of marriage where you don't see your spouse much, but how did, uh, how'd that work for you guys? It, it actually worked out
0: good. Uh, she's not a very needy woman at all. Like she actually like, I gotta sometimes remind her of like, Hey, we're not roommates. We can hug, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like all of our kids, they're all like, yeah, mom's hardcore. dad's a big soft teddy bear. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Um, but it was good, man. It, it like allowed allowed me to become like super, super, super involved with our kids because I had them for 24 hours. at Six weeks old, I had them for 24 hours a day. Where like all of my buddies are like, bro, there's no way I can. I had my kids for like an hour. And I was going to go crazy. So, <laughs> um, man, I really got to know my kids. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, man, we uh, we continue to be firefighter paramedics. And I just felt like there was more in that time. I I had uh, I had accepted, you know, reaccepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, man. And uh, I just accepted a call into to ministry and uh, it, I started doing ministry. I was a youth pastor for six and a half years and um, love the church we we're at. You know, love the kids. We built a youth group up to a really nice big youth group and, uh, you know, a lot of kids impacted and uh, we're able to do a lot of good things. And uh, I feel like God was calling me out of my, my career and out of ministry, out, out of that ministry. And um so I just left. I told my wife, we were right in the middle of building a house. And I told my wife, I'm like, hey, uh, I was like, I think, I think God's calling me out of this. And she was just like, man, if you think God's in it, she was like, I trust you. I pulled my retirement. I started a business that I learned how to do business on YouTube. Had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I had been doing side jobs. You know, I knew how to do construction, but I didn't know the business aspect. Uh huh. Man, I watched business videos on YouTube. I watched... Uh, like business video or our tax strategies on YouTube, how to file taxes, how to like, how to, how to construct taxes, how to have a 1099 employee. It was just like a YouTube university for, for me for a long time. And, uh, I just dug into it, man. And I had enough confidence in myself that I could do it. So I went out and, uh, killed it, man. So, and then real quick, uh, about a year and a half into the business, I told my wife, I'm like, Hey, I feel like, you know, we're only showing like half faith. So I was like, I really need you to quit your job that she was, you know, kind of close to retirement. And uh, I'm like, I need you to give up your job and uh, come work in this business. She's like, okay. And then she kind of like drug her feet. And then one day we're at church, man. And I'm like, we're not leaving this parking lot until you give me a date. And uh, I already had a date in mine, And uh, she picked a date and they were the same exact date. August
1: 20th was the date she left. So. Is there a significance behind August 20th as a date that you guys both picked? No. The, well,
0: the only significance was our church was having a women's conference that night. And I don't... And it was it was talking about being strong. And I call this all this stuff. And she went to that conference. And then uh, she works full-time. And, well, the joke around here is that she doesn't work full-time. She, she doesn't come in when it's rainy. She doesn't come in when it's cold. She doesn't come in when it's too sunny. <laughs> so... But she gets everything done. She holds everything down. She does all of her finances and everything. And she keeps us us pretty square.
1: Man, I feel like you've lived like a bunch of lifetimes. Like, I feel like yeah. I haven't done anything. Like, you're almost D1 college football, then you're MMA, then you're military, and then you're a youth pastor. Then you start a construction company. And then you have additional things. Oh, firefighter. I forgot about that. Like, that's awesome. And you've done a lot at a at a relatively young age. What yeah. was it? Did you? I don't know if I missed it, but you left firefighting and you started your construction company. Did you have any experience in that aspect? I I know you said you learned the. The business end on YouTube, but as far as construction, did you have experience there? Yeah, so
0: I've I been doing construction on the side for years, and uh, the, the funny thing is, like, I started doing construction. I just completely lied to this guy. He was like, "Hey, man, I need somebody to help me do tile," and I had never done tile before. But I was so freaking broke, man. I mean, I was on my like I had native three hundred dollars in the bank. I had just left the church where I gave my last six dollars to the church. And I walked out of the parking lot and this guy calls me and he's like, man, he's like, I need somebody to do tile. And I'm like, yeah, I I can do it. Never done tile before. Got there, figured it out. The guy paid me a thousand bucks in the week. And I'm like, what is this? So, uh, I jumped in with him and and started doing construction. And, uh, it just, I'm, I'm real hands on, able to figure out things really quick with my hands. And, uh, so construction was just super easy. And then I just did that on the side while while I was in the, um, in the fire service, you know, I worked a day and I had two days off. So I would go do a job. My wife would come and say, Hey, I need this much money for vacation. And then I would go out and make that much money in like a month. And by here's this, this awesome vacation. And, uh, so like I had done construction, but I had never had done business. I had some, a couple failed, like business. I, I tried to do uh, a crime scene cleanup business. <laughs> I completely failed at that. Like, uh, I did a, uh, an e-liquid business where I sold vape, uh, liquid. I actually made it in my basement and sold it. So I had a guy that, that came in and he had a non-compete and and that got wiped out. And so I had a couple of failed businesses and, and I never really knew how to do business until I sat down and just was like, man, I'm going to teach myself how to do business.
1: You know? Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, now there's so much, there's so much on YouTube as far as yeah. content videos and advice, like, how did you know how to sift through you know maybe some of the bs or the the fake stuff and find like the stuff that you really needed um so it, it was
0: just like trial like you know there, there was a a lot of mistakes i made when i first i first got into this and um it was more trial than error man i just like i know my drive and i knew that i could do whatever i wanted to do I just had never trusted myself. You know, like there, I, I heard this quote the other day and it said, um, our dreams are riding on the other side of fear. And uh, dude, that was huge. Like the only thing that was stopping me all those years is that people like told me I had to do this a certain way. And finally, I was like, no, nah. I, uh, I actually sat in the um, in the firehouse and my leadership there was horrible. And um, I'm just like, man, I can do this better. Like I, I could I could lead people better. And there's no way that, that I should be sitting here. And this guy should lead me. And that was one of my biggest things where I'm like, man, I'm going to figure this out and I'm out. I'm just going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a place where people can thrive. I'm going to create a place where people can, can just belong and still have that brotherhood. And, uh, and I left, just left not knowing anything. And uh, I started Patriot Construction in the in the basement of my church. So we were having meetings on fold-out tables, man. You know, Hunter had a picture. He's like, who started on a fold-out Rubbermaid table? And that's what we did, man. One of the girls that uh, was in my youth group, she's she's actually still works for me. She has an office right down the hall for me, and uh, she was the original we call her the OG. But she, at eighteen years old, she like just had seen the vision that I had, and she's like, "I'll work for you." And uh, we started in that the basement of a church, and then um, we were running crews out of there, and like finally the pastor's like, "Hey, man, I don't know if you're allowed to run a business out of here. or <laughs> We got to figure this out." And then I found an office building and uh and i bought i bought the office it was a condo office and uh, i bought the office with having no experience in buying commercial property or anything man i just went this dude was like here's the office and i'm like man give me this thing i'll buy it today and uh i got the guy to give me a, a 15 year amortization on a building and i saw this on youtube so i'm like talking to this guy about all this like this uh this commercial property thing. I watched YouTube on the way here to meet the guy to rent the building. And uh, I'm like, why don't I just buy the building from you? And he's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I want to do some owner financing. I'm like, I want you to carry the, the note for that. I want you to give me a 15-year amortization. I only want to put 10% down. And he was like, well, that's not usually how we structure uh, commercial deals. I'm like, well, that's how this deal structured. And I'm like, nobody's been in this office for like, eight months. I'm like, I'll buy it from you. I'll get it off your hands. So I'm like, I know you guys have, I did some research. I'm like, I know you guys have all these other offices that are that are weighing you down. Let me, let me take some of that weight off. And he was like, yeah, let's do it.
1: So That's amazing. It, I bought my first commercial property. <laughs> so. Nice. Where did you get this confidence and this belief, like this deep conviction in yourself? Was that something that you got from your parents or from like, you know, playing football at a, at a higher level? Or where did that come from? Because that's the reason I asked is because that's what, uh, you know, a lot of people lack that self-belief and we have limiting beliefs and we hold ourselves back. And it seems like you just have this like conviction in yourself that you'll, you'll achieve whatever you want. Like, where does that come from? My dad worked at GM. He's a factory worker his entire life.
0: And, um, he, and he, he's since passed away. So like, I get all emotional. When I talk about him. So, um, they had a program where you could work. If you're, if you had a kid, your kid could work at GM for the summer and, I kept telling my dad, I'm like, man, I want to do that. And he's like, no, it's too good of money. It's too good of money. And I'm like, dad, I want to make that money. And he was like, no, he's like that money. If you make it, he's like, that's how they're going to trap you. He was like, they'll trap you in this by giving you that money. And he's like, and then you'll live up to it. He was like, and you'll be like me, 35 years, never left the factory. He was like, you will always have, will be trapped by that, that money. And he was like, you need to go make your own money. And uh, I was kind of like, man, why is he, why is he doing this? Like, I, I just want to make that money. And, and I never really saw that until like one day, like I was sitting in the firehouse and, and um, I was watching a YouTube video and the guy was like, man, do you feel like, you know, you're being, a, you're a slave to your hours. You know, you're, you're really selling hours of your life back to, to the place that you work. And I was like, and it hit me. I'm like, man, my dad sold 35 years back to GM for this. I'm like, I don't want to sell more of my time. And then it just kind of, you know, that's, that's where, so in, in, in that whole, like I, I tell everybody, like my confidence is in like, dude, I got, I got saved at an early age. I got, I walked away from Christ for a while, but man, my confidence is the fact that like, man, I serve a, I serve a God that can do crazy things. And, uh, I'm just a small part of it, man. Just a little, little small part of it, but like, uh. Dude, I got the confidence. I, you know, you read the Bible, you read these men that, like, that just believed in themselves, that believed what God had put in their in their in their spirit, man. And they do, I mean, Moses split water and walked walked over on dry ground, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, man, if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. So, I just, uh, I'd always competed at a high level, you know, like I, was, I wrestled. I was third in the state my, my, uh, my senior year in high school. You know, played football. I was always competitive. I, I've always played at a high level, and, and like I said, man, I just had, I just know, like when I was young, if I could go back and speak to myself, and I'm like, man, dude, if you would have just had this confidence back then, like if I would have just had the discipline to, to, to work out harder, to do this, to do this, this, it'd been great. So I promised myself, I'm like, man, I'm just, I won't when I'm when I'm 60, I won't look back At my 30s and 40s and say, man, if you just push a little harder, you can do it. So just confident,
1: man. <laughs> I love that. I, I want to borrow some of that because I, I need I need a little bit more of myself just being transparent. You know, that's what that's what holds me back. Sometimes I work hard and, you know, a lot of people work hard, but it's just like, hey, you know, what am I really capable if I believe in myself or I believe in more if I trust more in God that that he's got it figured out and, you know, I can just kind of follow that. So. That's cool, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good segue into the current business uh, that you built. Now, how long ago did you start Patriot? We're on our fourth year now. Fourth year. All right, cool. So give us a snapshot. You guys uh, mostly roofing or different types of contracting or what do you do? what do you do? So we started
0: out doing everything. We were the guys. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then I really realized that like those guys don't make it. First time I, I picked up the phone and said, "Nope, we don't do that." I was like, "We don't do that." <laughs> like, scary, like, right? Yeah, sure. no. was like, "Man, nobody's going to call me anymore because I don't do everything." And uh, it, it was really cool, man. I have a friend named Dustin Douglas. He's down in uh, Georgia. He uh, has a seven million dollar roofing company. Does really, really well. Built all of all of it himself. He called me up one day, man. I was. He's like, "I see that you're doing all this little jobs." He was like, "Man, I I, I really." would like to get you involved in roofing. He was like, whenever he got some, some issues here in Ohio, um, he was like, you were always good to me, man. He was like, everybody else sold me down the river, but you were always like solid with me, man. He was like, so I think I just want to give back to you. He was like, come down here, man. I got this training. I'll give you this training. I'll get you onboarded. I'll I'll show you what you got to do. And then, um, so I left the kitchen and bath game and, uh, and changing light bulbs and, taking out miss Betty's trash and all that stuff. And, uh, I drove to Georgia and stayed there for a week, man. And just, he poured into me and just showed me how to do roofing, showed me how to do insurance, showed me how to do, you know, like all this stuff, how to set up like, you know, my CRM and how to do this and how to do that. And, uh, he was just like, I just appreciate what you did for me, man. This is all for you. So I came back here, I dove in to uh roofing, I went out, didn't even know that there was like this limit, you know, because I have these sales guys now and they, they, they think there's limits on them. I came back and I sold $848,000 in roofing in like eight, like I think it was four months. Wow. And uh, so I almost sold a million dollars in four months and didn't even know that that was like, I, I thought that was just like average. I'm like, that's what people should do. I got a couple guys, you know, and I made a mistake. I hired a bunch of firefighters that, you know, that already making good money. So they, they, they weren't hungry. And then I was trying, I wanted them to match my desire to make money, you know? And I was just like, man, I was like, come on guys, let's do all this, let's get it going. So yeah, that was a long answer for just saying I'm in roofing now. We do roofing gutters. Uh, we just added windows yesterday and then we do siding. Okay,
1: all right. No, that's cool because we all start out like that, you know, whether it's contracting or marketing company we all start out just taking on whatever comes our way to pay the bills, make some money. and. It is really hard to say no. It took me a few years. We were offering all sorts of different services, and then uh, had a consultant come in. and We kind of we I'll never forget it. There was this uh, this whiteboard paint like we had this wall painted, and Tim and I went on the whiteboard like you know for half a day, and we're just mapping out all the profit margins of all the services that we offered and. You know, we found which ones we made money on, which ones we lost money on, and we made some adjustments from there. And I think that's something that a lot of contractors don't do early enough, is they don't have the confidence to say no so that they can really focus on, you know, building better processes and better profitability so then, you know, actually build a company. So you don't wanna get stuck changing light bulbs forever. I know, man. And that's the other thing too, man. I, um,
0: you know, I just sold a pool company so we, we got in the pools and uh, a couple of different things that I've done that like I would tell many people not to do until you're ready. A hurricane ran down in New Orleans, opened up an office in New Orleans, um, had no idea what I was doing. Jumped in a truck with some guy that was not qualified to be there. I wasn't qualified <laughs> to be there. We drove down to, to New Orleans and, and I have family down there. And then we just started selling roofs. We signed a, uh, The first three days, 89 contracts, and then just couldn't fulfill them. Like, had no, like, infrastructure, had no, like, you know, a lot of stuff fell through that that was going to come. And um, I just didn't have the experience. I didn't have, like, now I I have the experience because I was down there for for seven months. My niece and nephew were running the company, and uh, it just became too much. It wasn't what they wanted to do, so we just kind of, like, closed it down. And then I came back and this company was running really, really well. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm going to go and get into pools. I was actually, I got into pools driving back from Louisiana. A guy called me and was like, hey man, let's start, you know, the, I'll sell for you if you want to just, you know, do all the production. And then we built a pool company up to about a $4 million pool company. And um, it just, me and him didn't see eye to eye, like business partner wise, uh, didn't see eye to eye, you know, he, he wanted to do it his way, I want to do it my way. And um, we separated, he bought me out which was really good. I enjoyed it, enjoyed it while I was going on. I enjoyed the, the, uh, the buyout, the buyout was, was good. And um, it allowed us to put more money in the Patriot. And then now we have a, we're have we 50% owners of a cleaning company. We noticed that that cleaning company is kind of a distraction as well. Um, so the, the actually the, the woman that we own the cleaning company with, um, we're dissolving the cleaning company, giving the customers away to somebody else, not even selling it, we're just dissolving it, giving customers away to another person that's really effective in cleaning. And then we're bringing her on as our business development rep here.
1: Oh, cool. And Patriot, so. All right, all right. So some lessons learned and focus. So are you uh, are you committed to uh, to sticking with Patriot or you have some other shiny objects you want to pursue? No more shiny objects. So
0: <laughs> Patriot is, is 100%, like we're doing our goal setting. Uh, we're doing our goal setting next, not next week. We'll be in Jamaica next week. But uh, the week after that, when we get back from Jamaica, we'll be uh, doing our goal setting, and it's
1: just goal setting for Patriot, 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 Patriot alone. So that must feel like not not easy, but uh, just like a relief. Like okay, I can focus on one thing. I mean, that's my style, so that's what I gravitate toward anyway. You know, I got some advice from this old guy. Um, old guys are really really full of advice, man. <laughs>
0: like, You're not talking about me, are you? No, oh, yeah, it was you. <laughs> <laughs> But this uh, this old guy told me, he said, man, he said, how much did you make down in New Orleans? And I was like, oh, I made this much. And he's like, oh, how much did you actually make in the pools? And I'm like, oh, I made this much. And he was like, how much could have you made if you just focus on roofing? And I'm like, oh, dude, you're killing me. He was like, stop chasing stuff. He was like, just focus on what God's given you. And so uh, so we are we are no longer chasing shiny objects. Learn a lesson. And um completely focused this year
1: yeah there's an opportunity cost to everything and uh along those lines um a little over a year ago I I got an LLC here in New Jersey for I was going to start a roofing company because so I'm like yeah you know I hang out with all these guys I work with all these guys I can get some good advice and I don't know much about roofing at all I mean the business you know, you I and I went down that path, started, you know, getting insurance and, you know, that, that built a website and all that. And I put the brakes on it. Uh, I talked to a couple of people, my business coach. And what I realized at the time, like looking back at it now, I felt stuck in my current business. I didn't really have a clear path forward. So like, I saw this, like, oh, let me just start a roofing company. All these guys I work with make a bunch of money and are really successful. Like if they can do it, I can do it. But looking back on it, it would have been a, it would have been a huge, like, distraction you know might have might have compromised you know our our core business so that's on the on the back burner indefinitely um at least for the next few years so uh i have a clear i think it's like you know when you don't have the clarity on what you want to build and why like you can be easily distracted but now i have that clarity and and i I have a three-year plan i know exactly what we're doing and like nothing's gonna come in the way you know yeah yeah, and that, man, it's
0: just you think it's going to work out, you know, great. But what it does is it, it takes away from I'm real big on culture, huge on culture here. And uh, I noticed my guys just weren't like reacting to like me anymore because I was so focused on pools and I was so focused on getting cleaning done. And like I wasn't focused on these guys and like it it almost destroyed our culture here.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And I think that's true. You see that a lot in the roofing industry with, you know, like what you did going to New Orleans and things like that. You see guys going out of state and you don't realize what that does to your, to your culture. That's huge. So what's, you have a, uh, one of the reasons I really wanted to chat is you have this charitable component. I don't know if that's the right term for it to your business. That I think is super unique and very interesting, and you're unbelievably passionate about it. So let's hear that. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm really big on giving. Like I I'll, I I love
0: to give. I love to give. I love to give. up, Whether it's my time, whether it's my advice, which isn't worth much, or but like uh, but or or money. And um, man, we we uh, we had some missionaries come, and my my daughter had moved out. She had moved out. She's in the military. Uh, She was in the military. So we had this open space in our house. We asked these missionaries to come stay in our house and we're like, Hey, you guys can stay in our house. Just, you know, be comfortable, eat whatever you want. Just, just be, just be here. And like through that we were able to get to know them really, really well and their struggles and like, you know, how much, how much it took to run like their mission and how much it took to run, like, you know, just getting back and forth and and all that stuff. And, And so the mission is the Welch family mission. And You can look them up on Facebook. Um, they're through Open Bible. Um, they're a set of missionaries through Open Bible, and um, they are a missionary group in Liberia, Africa. And uh, my wife and I had we had done stuff with SCT Now, which is stop child trafficking. We had uh, we were ambassadors in Dayton. They're out of New York. We did a bunch of fundraising for them because we're really big on like child trafficking too. And we just man, we, it's a huge problem that that just gets pushed under the rug. But when these missionaries came, we were able to sit down and talk to them and like. Um, they were, they were talking about, you know, first developing a school. This is back when they, we first started first developing a school. And we were like, how how can we help do that? So we were able to donate to, to that. And it was funny, man. This is probably the worst business move that somebody would say. But at one point, I wrote a check for the balance of our checking account and our business checking account. I was like, wow. I want to help. I'm like, I know that God's going to give it back to me. And I wrote a check and cleaned out our bank account to send to him. And uh, it was pure faith, man. Like it was right when we were transitioning from bathrooms to roofing. And I was like, God, I want you to like, you know, and when we give, man, we uh, it's a seed and we can't we can't reap that seed unless we give in in the fertile soil. And I knew that this was going to be fertile soil. And I I asked God, I said, listen, man, I was like, I want this to happen in my business. And uh, within a month or two, man, we were triple what I gave away. I mean, that fast. And so that was my. You know, I would given before, but that was my, like, thing where I'm like, okay, God, if this is where you want us to go as a company, I'm like, let's get it. So um, this kid, this program is, they, they're over in Liberia. Liberia had a civil war for 20-some years, and, like, the country is just in ruins, and, like, the, the people are not able to read. They're, they don't have education. They don't have, like, there's some places in the capital that still don't have electricity. And a lot of people always say, you know, they're like, hey, man, there, there's people here that need help. There, there is people here that need help but I don't know them people. I know the Welches. you know, they stayed in my house, they're, they're family of ours. I know that when I give them money, that that money is going to translate into them changing lives. And that's what I'm passionate about, man. I'm passionate about being like, you know, I'm not changing the life, but I'm, I'm able to like, I'm able to facilitate that change. And uh, if I could use what I've got my group, my, my, my outreach to like pull people in and, and make their lives easier as they change kids' lives, you know, there's, there's just a number of kids that they have changed and I'm all over the place. So I'll, I'll just be real focused on what, what it does. So, oh, cool. you yeah, know, so the Welch's, they went over there, they had three kids themselves. They went over to, to Liberia, their grandparents were missionaries there and they felt called there. So they went there, they set up the learning or the legacy learning center, which we got to help, you know, like we got to fund some of that. And, uh, you know, so having a legacy learning center with our name on it is pretty cool. And um, they came back here and I'm like, man, let us partner with you so that when you come back here that you can have some rest. You don't have to like go out and try to earn all this money. Let us partner with you. Like, what are your needs? What are this? What is this? What is this? And then they just, they were real hesitant of giving their needs because they're like, man, we can just do this. And I'm like, this is, just let us help. And um, we started giving giving to them, right? And uh, they were just kind of like blown away by like our generosity and like, you know, and I, I, I was at a retreat with Revolt. I told Hunter, I was like, yeah, this is what we do, but we keep it kind of quiet because in the Bible, it says, don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. And I translated that all wrong. And, and, you know, Hunter's like, well, you know, I think you're reading that wrong. You should probably go revisit that. He was like, and it's incredibly selfish of you just keeping that to yourself. And I'm like, what? I thought, like, you know, Hunter would be all proud. He was like, yeah, man. He was like, think about how many people, if they knew about that, could help you impact that place. And it just changed my whole entire mindset. I'm like, Holy cow. Like really, we weren't even telling our employees that we're giving money to to the Welch's. We were just we were them like, you know, on, on, the back end. And, uh, I came back and I was like, Hey guys, I'm like every dollar that you guys make here, will feed a child. We'll, we'll go to feed this, this village over there. We'll go to the school. We'll go to funding. We'll go to, you know, like, like scholarship funds for them. And, uh, so our guys really bought into that. And, um, Seeing that when I give the Welch's money, like whenever we're able to, to help that monetary thing, what they're able to do with it, we're able to see. It's not like giving it to, to like UNICEF where they got to pay their CEO and they got to pay, you know, they're their all. this, And then one cent goes to a, to a kid like this. Man, we, we send money over for a food program that we started. Because the Welch's were like, man, it's it's fantastic that we got this building now, but the kids can't focus because they're not because they're so hungry. So we're like, what do you need? And they're like, well, we need money for food, but we but we can't give them food until they get the worms and parasite problem under control because the kids drink nasty water and they they can't keep food down because they have paris- but they have they have parasites and worms. I just thought about, it. I was like, man, I was like, if my kid constantly had an issue with parasite worms, like what, what would I want done? You know, what would I want to do? So that's how, that's how we focus on, it, man. Like, man, I, every time there's a need for those kids, I look at my kids and I'm like, what if my kid wasn't eating for, for five days? What if my kid wasn't, you know, getting the medication, wasn't getting the medication that they needed so that they can just retain that nutrition from food? And it just, man, it just, you know, Tim Tebow says that you'll never you'll never act until you feel the pain of somebody else. You know? And that like hit me hard. And I'm like, man, so this is exactly what we want to do. Like we want to uh, we want to feed these kids. We want to help. We're actually planning a trip to go over there in March, uh, to have our first time for us being over there. But yeah, and then, you know, the the Welches were like, man, the food program is going so great that now these kids get to take food home for the family. Um, now their staff gets to eat, which is, is unreal. They all get, I get all, I get all jacked up. Yeah. Uh, they all get medication. So all these kids that are in the school, like man, they get this medication and, and it helps them retain like that nutrition and stuff, stuff that we just only really think about here in America. And, yeah. um, they were like, yeah, we have this other need where we have a scholarship fund. And, um, I was like, well, tell me about it. Tell me what what you need. And they were like, you know, we're hoping to get 50 kids sponsored for the year. It's $360 to sponsor a kid. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that's not a lot, you know, to sponsor a kid to go to school. And like what they're doing is they're teaching kids how to read so that their kid, so those kids can now go to school because they're so far behind. So they're just trying to get them up to their grade level. And then they put them into schools and then it's $360 to send a kid to school. And I was like, well, tell me, tell me more about that. And they were like, well, the boys go first. The youngest boy, then the oldest boy, then, then the girls, then youngest girl, and the oldest girl. But if the oldest girl can't get funded, they they sell the oldest girl to a family member that that uh, that pretty much she's pretty much a slave to him. And uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't let it happen. So my goal this year is to uh, to fully fund like their scholarship program. Um, they they want it fifty. We've already done 155 kids. My goal is 250. So uh, sorry about that, man. Get it together, dude. I just get real passionate about it, man. I just because I couldn't imagine my daughter. And this is the way you gotta look at it. Like if you want if you ever have a question about giving, man, could you imagine your daughter at 12 years old, like? We can't afford to send her to school. So how we're going to make money is what you're going to sell her. And then she gets sold to a family member, the poorest family member to help build up their family. Couldn't imagine it, man. Couldn't imagine it happened to my family. So I won't let it happen to somebody else's. And uh, like, like they always say, man, big guy, big feelings, you know? So I, I just, that's my passion, man. My passion is that like anything that we do here at Patriot is directly going to affect another human, we can say that we're going to give we can do whatever but man if we don't put our hands and feet on it our hands and feet our hand and feet on it man like we we just don't do it and i care enough you know like by hearing those stories by seeing the kids we get updates all the time they send us videos like the kids eating breakfast and like um i think i I might even showed you those videos it's just something man that i'm just dude i'm crazy passionate about so like i said 250 kids is my goal for this year, 500 for next year, and I'm just going to continue to continue to, continue to, to grow it. Like I, my goal is to that the Welches have a retirement, a fully funded retirement, because there should be a stopping point where they can pass the torch to somebody else. They shouldn't feel like this is like something they have to do for the rest of their life because there's nobody else to take it. So I want to fund a retirement for them. I want to fund the school. I want to fund the whole entire village to go to school so that no other like young girl or young boy doesn't you know, they don't have a chance to go.
1: Wow. I know you're, I know your passion passionate and it, I'm not, I'm not shocked hearing it because I've heard you talk about this a couple of times before and, and I know you're passionate. You, you have the same, you know, kind of reaction every time, but it, but it is shocking. It still is shocking. Like I have a seven year old daughter and 10 year old son. Yeah. I, I could never imagine that. And uh, that's, that's incredible. The things that we take for granted, you know, like just being able to eat and hold down food, or have, you know, cool. we have a whole thing of water, and I'm complaining because I'm empty right now. You know, like that's yeah. uh, that's it's that's awesome. So, man, thanks for thanks for being such an example of how we can use our gifts and our talents and our our businesses for you know to benefit other people. Like that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, we just did a um, my wife and I fast every year to start off
0: the new year, fast and pray. And we just want to see where God takes us. This year, I felt like God was calling me a little deeper. and Like I wanted to experience what hunger was because like these kids, they experience it. They don't get a chance. It's not a choice for them. So I went four days, no food, just water. And like a lot of them don't even have the chance to do water. But like, so I did four days, like, cause I just wanted to like, I wanted to get past like, okay, like I fast for a day. I wanted to get past that point where like I know what hunger feels like and man like four days with no food whatsoever I was hungry and like wow I would never want another kid actually last night was the I ate a small meal last night was the 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 fourth day or the end of the fourth day I went into the fifth and then now I'm only doing one meal a day for the next 10 um because I just want to I just want to
1: feel what that that feels like wow What did that feel like? I mean, you're hungry. I've never fasted that long. Yeah, tell us about that.
0: Um, first day or two wasn't bad. Third day, like, you know, you just, uh, you know, first day or two, it's just, we're so used to eating, like, uh, uh, you know, having it readily available and I'm at my house and it looks like a freaking grocery store in my house. So I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not going to the pantry. But man, you're just so used to like, having everything here, you know, in my office, there's drink, there's like Gatorade back there. There's like, you know, snacks and like, all kinds of stuff. So everywhere you go, we just have this readily available like stuff we can shove in our pie hole. And, uh, and so like the first couple of days, it was, it was hard because I like, I, I could just readily eat. But then like, I just had this thing where like, you know, we, we I spent some time in prayer, man. And I just realized that like it, it just needed to be deeper than that. And so like, I didn't even like attempt to eat anything, didn't even put myself in that position. And like, it got to the point where yesterday, like when my, my COO and I went out and did a, a small job and he dropped me off and he's like, dude, you look bad. Like you look horrible. And um, I just felt, it, it felt horrible, man. Like, I mean, it was beyond beyond hunger. And I know that people have done done longer, but but four days, they're going to the fifth day with no food whatsoever, it was. And then when you eat, this is the bad thing. Like I ate a, I ate a small meal last night when I ate, I got sick. Wow. Because I, I my body just got this rush of like, of stuff. And it, and it was just like, so, but I wanted yeah. to experience that because I talk so much about these kids being hungry. Like I, I just wanted to experience that.
1: Man, you're inspiring. You're, you're not, obviously you're not, uh you're not just talking to talk. You're, you're walking the walk. You're, you know, you're deeply involved. You're going to Liberia, you're fasting. Like that's, Super inspirational, man. I got to I gotta step it up. So thank you for sharing. I know uh, obviously there'll be people watching this and, and listening to this episode, but even if it's just for me, I appreciate it. So thank you. Now you mentioned before with your company, you weren't even telling your employees about what you were doing. How, you know, that, that shifted. Are you now telling your, you know, your customers, your market, are you incorporating that into your business in a larger sense or what does that look like? Yep. So we, um, we actually like, you know, we, we tell all,
0: all of our guys about, you know, the Patriot kids. We give them updates, you know, like, hey, listen, this is what's happening in Liberia this month. And it's part of our Monday, our Monday meeting our you know, we update our guys on what they're doing, um, what they're, what, you know, because the guys are doing it. The guys that are going out and selling and the guys that are, you know, putting on roofs. I mean, they're the ones that are, are directly making that impact. I'm just a, a channel For that, you know, just make sure that money goes where it's supposed to go. But I I just, I put a lot of emphasis on it, man. I put a lot of emphasis that like, man, like you guys aren't just out there selling roofs. You guys are feeding people. You guys are building schools for people. You guys are doing these things. And like, we actually give them, you know, pictures and and the kids send them messages because they're actually doing that. They're actually like uh, facilitating that. I don't know how much they translate that to our customers. But when I speak to our customers, I want them to know. You know i i we send out a christmas card every year and on our christmas card we we try to let them know like what's going on in liberia and like how they how they as a customer of ours have directly affected these kids lives
1: good stuff man that's that's super admirable what you're doing so thank you for again setting the example anything else you want to share with the audience before we kind of wrap it up here jp man i don't even know uh
0: i just uh I'm really big on on vision and goal setting and and stuff like that. You know, when we started our business, man, we lacked vision, and we just it was like I say this all the time, it was like we were swatting mosquitoes with a shotgun. You know, we just weren't very effective, <laughs> and uh, and it and it led to different things. I mean, I don't know if you saw on on our chat that I, uh, you know, a little bit ago, I felt like I was just stuck in like what I like to call business quicksand. And like that, you and I talked about this in Utah. Yeah, just yeah. yeah, man, and like not having that that clear vision of where, like our goals are. Like you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. It doesn't matter how you want to church it up. That's exactly what it is. And without a vision, dude. Without a mission and a vision, dude. Like if you got in a boat and you didn't have a purpose, you didn't have a place to go, you would just float off in the sea. And that's what so many people do in business, and they just don't. They don't realize that that's what. uh they just don't realize that that's what they need, man. They need a vision. They need they need for the people that have worked in that place to see where that boat's going, to see where the ship is going, to see where where the business is going. And um, you know, so I'm real big on that, and I just want to kind of share that because you know, when people ask me, they're like, "Hey, what? Like, how do I build a business, or how do I do this?" You know, like I feel like I have a pretty pretty good grasp on it now. But like, whenever I say, "Listen, man," first of all, be very very clear. Like, when you start a business of of job roles. Uh, of what you expect out of people and like what, where you're going as a business. And like, that's what our, our main goal this year is. Like we have a very set path of where we're going.
1: Cool. Likewise, man. And, and that takes time. We're uh, 10 years in business this month, actually. And it's in some ways you just feel like I still feel like a startup. Cause we're, you know, just continually adapting and we're learning new things and being exposed to different groups and, you know, going to retreats like, like revolt and being inspired by guys like you. And that's something that we're, you know, we have our three-year plan. We have our year plan. We use EOS. We plan everything quarterly. We're, we're pretty structured in that, in that aspect. And, uh, it's, it. it's a game changer. I mean, to get everyone on your team on the same page, they know where you're going and what, what's helped me. And I think a lot of people, a lot of us can uh, relate to this is like, you know, I, I grew up as, you know, in a blue collar family construction business. Like that's my default mode is like, if something needs to get done, I'm just going to put my head down and slam some coffee and just get it done, you know? But when you share your vision and what you want with your team, they're able to help you. Like, You know, I had one of our team members reach out to me this morning, first thing in the morning on Slack. He's like, Hey, I want to start helping you out with these things. Like, you know, send me your entire sales process or our entire sales process so I can look at it with fresh eyes and make some adjustments. And I'm like, Dude, thank you. That's awesome. Because it's like, you know, we haven't updated our sales process since June, like six months, seven months ago. And he's going to take a fresh look at it. And, you know, that's something that um, normally I'd be like, no, no, I can do it. I'm the owner. I should do that. But like when you share that with people and they understand where you're going, like people want to help with that mission. So, uh, yeah, so true. I just kind
0: of had that revelation the other day. I I sat here, man, I I was in our office and we have, you know, one, two, three, four, five, five offices, six upstairs. And, uh, dude, I just sat here and I'm like, there's, there's a chair in every one of them that, that people sit in. And I was like, man, I could not have done this like without, matter of fact I look back and I'm like how did I do this like without this team like before this like without this team like how did I even get here without this team and like I just understand the importance and you know Hunter talks about team Hunter Hunter tells you he's like man I'm not good at roofing he was like I'm just good at putting teams together and uh, do without my team there's none of this I mean this wouldn't ship wouldn't float (laughs) you know
1: yeah
0: Yeah.
1: yeah for sure all right, man. Well, I, I appreciate your time uh, and sharing and opening up and getting vulnerable. And thank you so much, JP. I appreciate it. Can't wait to get this content out to the audience and, uh, you know, inspire some more people and continue to, to further the mission. So thanks oh, a lot, man. I appreciate having me on, man. It was a good good time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, hope to catch up soon. It was good to spend some good quality time together last month. So uh, I'm sure we'll see you at one of these events soon and uh, yeah. we can uh, continue those conversations. Dominican Republic, right? Yeah, possibly. I got to uh, talk with the wife about that. But yeah, you guys are going. Just make it happen. Yeah, for sure. The Revolt community—just give a, a plug for Revolt, man. I've been in since the beginning. You've been in for a while. It's—it's uh, it's such a special community of, uh, of 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 leaders, and you can learn from everyone and import uh, into other people. Like it's—it's it's very unique. It is. It's it's amazing. And that's what I was missing a lot out of our.
0: Our business. I know we got to wrap up, and I keep on talking. Uh, you let me know man, when we get to four o'clock. I'll, be, I'll still be talking. Um, but yeah, it's it's that community. Like I didn't know I was missing that, and I I'd always been like in a community football team and all these teams. I didn't know I was missing that. But that community, man, is 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 where it's at.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I think a lot of us, you know, that, that entrepreneurial isolation, you know, you're maybe one of your only friends from your town or your your home, you know, your home friends that are running a business and going through these challenges. And I came from a sports background as well, you know, played for a while and, and all that. So I definitely miss that. So it's, a, it's awesome to have that. All right, brother. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, appreciate you. All right, man. Have a good one.